Thanks for listening again, subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, you, there was a little delay, so it's you're still dancing in, <laughs> which, is, which is fantastic. It's 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 hyping me up even more. Can you keep the dancing going uh, like for at least a minute next time? That would be uh, that would be great. We'll <laughs> we'll rework the theme song for that. <laughs> I would be happy to do that. I just don't want to torture our guests by watching me dance for an extra minute. You know more yeah, than they have to. I mean, that's gosh, true. That would that would be that would be unfair. <laughs> How are you doing today, Russ? Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, I, that's usually I. I usually throw that at you, but you probably see like what's going on. Like, there's something going on with me, right? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> obvious. It's obvious. No, it's 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 a little bit weird, right? So my 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 16 year old daughter got her permit, and we went driving for the first time the other day. And where do we go? We drove past her old elementary school. Where oh. there's a PTA thing going on, and there's all these parents and all these little kids, and oh man, it was a moment for me. It was a, it was <laughs> oh, it, it kind of I mean, choked it, me up. It got to me. <laughs> it's probably a little scary because you're kind of doing this whole you know recollection of like oh I remember when we walked to kindergarten for the first day. I have a very similar story, not about <laughs> driving, but my oldest daughter. Uh, called me and my wife up yesterday and said, do you have a picture of the first day of school, like back in mm. kindergarten? Because I'm now in the my first day of my last day of college, my last year of college. Oh, wow. So she wanted to do a little Instagram post <laughs> of her first day of kindergarten and her first day of her last year in law school. So mm -hmm, she kind of mm -hmm. did this little comparison side-by-side -side thing. And it was it was kind of funny because my wife and I were looking through all the old pictures of, you know, when she was going to kindergarten, we were talking about walking her to school and, yeah. and then, yeah, she did a little recreation of this one picture where her face was in this big apple and she did it, you know, current, <laughs> current day, past day. And, yeah, That's awesome. Gosh, you know, yeah. Thinking about the kids and, you know, how proud we are as parents of like how they're growing up and what's mm -hmm. the next stage of life. It's, it's so interesting to see what's, what's next for all of them. I know. I know. Every day changes. It's all, it's all different. And, you know, so one of the things I, I actually thought about that. So when, when I became a parent, um, I was, you know, running this DJ business and I was working long hours and, you know, I, it was, I, I, because it was weekends, because it was days, because it was nights, it was like literally like 12 hours every single day at minimum, right? Like, I, I mean, I was always working and I thought, can I do this and be a good dad? Like, can I, can I do both of those? Cause it's hard to squeeze in that. And I wanted to go coach baseball and until I, until I did, then I was like, oh man, why did I do this? Uh, those parents can be rough, <laughs> but, um, you know, like doing all those things, like it was what I wanted to do. So it was hard to, so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta change my line of work, even though it would have been really cool now looking back to give that business to my kids and have them be able to run it. So like, that's where I feel like, all right, if I could have put it on pause for, you know, 18 years or so, and then picked it back up, that would have been pretty cool. Unfortunately, I sold the business. <laughs> I can't exactly do that. I don't want to pay to buy it back, but um, yeah. So it, it, today we're actually talking about that. We're talking about legacy, like running that family business and then passing it on to the next generation or taking over a business. And to talk about this, we are joined by John Louisus and he, oh man. Okay. This is a delicious business to get into. Zeno's World 
famous. It's, it's, it's Boardwalk Sweet Shop, Zeno's Boardwalk Sweet Shop. It's been family owned since 1948. John, I'm thinking you're not the first owner. You're not the first person to run this, uh, judging, judging by how you look. No, I'm, uh, I'm fortunately be number three. So number three. Uh, yeah. So we've uh, had it for quite some long time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you, you guys have started this show in a, such a depressing manner because I have a 14 year old and a 10 year old and I'm listening to you guys. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I always just started high school this week and, uh, yeah. I'm like, Oh geez, like, you know, here we go. So I was just talking, uh, with other buddies of mine, uh, who just left my house actually. And we're just talking about how fast time flies and nothing makes time uh, uh, fly faster than having children. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, and congratulations to you both. That's awesome. You know, stay safe on the road with the 16 year old. Yeah. Tell me about trouble, it. You've got an attorney to help, uh, help him out. So you'd be very proud. So. In a year, she will be able to defend any, any kindergartner. She right. runs over your daughter. That's runs right. over. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll save the driving for another year, just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, John, so tell me, you're the third generation. Like, when talk a little bit about like when you got involved in the business and when you decided that you wanted to get into the business. Because I'm sure growing up, that wasn't. I don't know. I'm, I want to throw it up to you. Like, did, did you always know you're going to be part of the business or not? Yeah, I think so. Because growing up, uh, you know, our first location is our, our flagship store, I should say, is located on the boardwalk in Daytona Beach. And mm. uh, and that's why we're the world's most famous taffy, because Daytona is the world's most famous beach. So that's kind of how we got our nickname for that. But, you know, growing up, uh, I visit a store as much as any other you know, child had visited their parents' business. And I always enjoyed the candy aspect things. It's, uh, I'm a creative type. So it allows me, you know, the avenues to get creative with the different candies that we make. Uh, but, you know, to my dad's credit or discredit, you should say, uh, you know, he came, my great uncle started the business in 1948. My dad took it over, or Zeno took it over in 1963. And then I took it over in 2003. And my dad would always be the one tell like, you know, my mom always wanted me to go to college and I did. And she was very proud of that. But my dad was like, you're wasting your time at college. This is where it's at right here. Like, you know, so, uh, he, he had that different mindset. He, he's like, what are you going to go do this? Go do that. When this is like, you know, your future. And at that time we were just, uh, you know, a typical Daytona Beach gift shop with a little candy counter in it. Now we made all the candies, but we also sold all the t-shirts and keychains and all those, you know, knickknacks that you see in a, in a tourist destination. And then when I took over in 2003, we partitioned the store. We turned it into a full-blown candy store, started making the ice cream. Uh, and I just, I've always loved it. You know, uh, I, I graduated school. I came right back to working uh, for my dad and mom again. And even my professors at the University of Florida there was this one, and it's a true story. There's this one class you're supposed to take to graduate. And I thought I had the equivalent of that class. And so I didn't think I needed to take it. Well, here it is my last semester at the university of Florida. And I haven't, and I'm in the middle of that semester. Oh no! And I realized, you know, I'm a, I'm a come up a class short. And I went up to the, the Dean of the college 
who I had always taken candy to throughout my, you know, tenure at the school there with, with their, all my other professors. I was always well liked there. Good play. Uh, I, Good and play I know, there. And I said, you know, I'm, in, I'm, miss, I'm missing this class, but I thought the, I took the equivalent. And his response was, what are you doing after school again? I go, I'm just going to go run the candy shop. And he goes, okay, don't worry about it. And he just signed off on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know if that would pass nowadays or anything like that, but uh, it's something I always want to do. I love doing it. Uh, you know, this is a perfect conversation to have because, uh, you know, I, I became a uh, member of like a, a CEO slash owners group uh, six, seven, eight years ago. And that's when you learn of the ideas of uh, core values and those other terms that bigger businesses use. And our core values are family, fun and legacy. So, you know, we're family owned mm -hmm. business catering other families. We have a lot of fun at work and we hope you know, it's a, it's a candy and ice cream shop for crying out loud. So we hope you have fun too, when you come into it and then legacy, you know, leaving things better off how you found them. And so, uh, I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big legacy guy. Uh, you know, everything I do, my father passed away three years ago. He's, Zeno, and I told him 20 years ago, I'm going to do more with your name than you ever did. Like, you know, so that was like my, mm -hmm. Like, you know, very competitive nature, typical family business, a lot of, uh, I'm not going to shut up, you shut up, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, uh, as a father, the best dad in the whole wide world ever, I never went without, but we cannot work together. So it was just one of those things. I was like, I, I got offered a job out of school and I'm like, I, I want to come back, but uh, you make, you, you, you torture me when I'm there and I'm not, and I'm not, and he, he wanted me there and he thought I could do some good things with it. And, you know, we're up to eight stores now and we ship all okay. over the United States, like, you know, to different distributions, uh, distributors and wholesalers and all that other kind of stuff. So it's been very, very fun. So, uh, a lot of growth and, uh, you know, fourth generation, uh, started high school this week and the other ones in fifth grade. And as of right now, they both seem interested in taking it over. And one of them seems more a little more business savvy. And one of them seems a little more social media, marketing, that kind of stuff. So oh, that's great. Uh, it's a good team. It's actually yeah. a pretty good combination because I'm more of the creative marketing type. And my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, who I've opened the other stores with, he's more of the business and numbers and brains guy. So nice. uh, it's a very good team. We work very well together. And uh, we, you know, we've had a lot of failures, but a lot of success. So it works out pretty well. I think that's cool that you can keep that like, and, and actually having that, I'm, I'm starting to think of like, you know, uh, uh, Walt Disney and Roy Disney, right? Like, you know, you had the marketing guy, the, the, that guy, and then you had the, the, the business guy that was making sure that everything was, was running right. Uh, so it's pretty cool that you have that like right there in the family. Yeah. I tell Luke, I tell everything about whenever, uh, people meet, uh, um, my, me and my brother-in-law, I go, I'm the heart and soul of the operation and he's the brains and good looks of it. So like, <laughs> uh, it's uh, a pretty good team. And uh, he always gets a kick out of that because he's a handsome guy too. So he's like, you know, oh yeah, that's right. I'm a good looking guy. So, uh, uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, truth be told, uh, everything that, uh, all the success we've had can be attributed, I would say to three people. Of course, my parents, uh, they, you know, I was not, there's that saying, uh, people who think who were born on third and they think they hit a triple. Well, I was born sliding into home and the ball's still in the outfield. So I had a really good 
uh, base point to jump off of, you know, because yeah. as I've grown mm-hmm. and tried different things throughout the years, stores that have not done well, failures and stuff like that, I always had the backup of the successful boardwalk store that I basically inherited from my parents. So, cause that store was so busy and it's such a staple in the Daytona beach area. Like I said, we opened in 1948. I tell everyone we're the other family owned business that started in Daytona in 1948, NASCAR <laughs> being the other one. So right, 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 still right. Out as to who's more successful yet. One day we'll figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, been a heck of a ride and, uh, you know, I, I love the growth portion of what we're doing right now. Cause we're really in a growth phase. Uh, you know, when COVID came, we were just as terrified as anyone else. Oh, I bet. Yeah. We were, uh, you know, we're, we're very seasonal down here where we're busy when children are out of school. So spring break, summer, right. and here we are, we just went through four or five months of slow season, uh, covering the bills and stuff, gearing in to go towards spring break, and then boom, we're shut down. Everything shut and down. Yeah. It's such a fearful thing, and you all know in California. And uh, but we were, I'm very fortunate to be like just where we ha- were at the time we were because being in Florida, we were open a little sooner than everybody else, and everyone wanted a place to go when they can come out. And we just, you know, it was gangbusters after that. So. We're just did your uh, did your mail order business kick kick yes. up a little bit during that uh, time? It's so funny you ask that. So that month, the month of that March of COVID, that the March first of March, we switched uh, uh, the team that did our social media and our website and all that other like you know all the other e blasts yeah. that handles all our website stuff. And it's also the same month COVID had. So we went from three thousand dollars a month in uh, web sales. To like, you know, $15,000 a month. And (laughs) I can never tell if it, but it's kind of stayed at that level. So originally I told them, well, that's because of COVID. Like, you know, you guys had like, you know, but sure enough. So we, it was like, (laughs) what came first, the chicken or the egg? So it was, uh, but they've been the biggest joy and like nicest people to work with. So it's like, uh, you know, I don't care either way. So, but yeah, the web order business took off very much so. um, And it's maintained. And, uh, you know, uh, internet and technology is amazing. If you would have told me even as recently as 10 years ago that I'd had that my wife would be packing and shipping out 20 to 25 orders a day to someone else, you know, not in Daytona beach, uh, I would have said that is incredible. I mean, we're still not where we should be, but it's still an amazing thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that, that, that's, that's gotta be like, uh, growing forever, especially, I mean, come on, like you want to get those tastes of those, those places that you visit, right? Like (laughs) I, I, for like, I can't even think of where it was now. Uh, let's see, I had something in Salt Lake city. I had something in Texas. I had like all these different places where I was having food, like shipped into me after I went and visited them. Cause yeah. I was like missing it during, especially during COVID. So like that, yeah, that's a, that's a very uh, helpful thing. All right. I, I want to learn uh, more about the next generation too, and how you're prepping your kids to maybe jump in and when does that happen? And How does it, what's the next steps for you? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Thanks for listening to DIY for Business. We'll be right back.
All right. Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Be sure to check out our website, DIYforbusinesspodcast.com, and also the Best Business Network. Yes, we're a part of the Best Business Network. That is available at bestbusinessnetwork.com. Also, Electricast electricast.com go check out that so all right plenty of websites for you to go check out and also another one for you to go check out here and this one this one's probably going to be a little sweeter than the other one is uh, world's most famous taffy.com go check out that one and uh, place an order there for taffy and and by the way greg and i do accept tips in taffy so if you want to if you enjoy in the show uh, yes, you can we go do. Ahead and yes, we in do. that fashion <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, first of all, being a kid and you're, you're, you know, like literally you've got the keys to the candy store. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so your kids probably have loved growing up and, and just having access to all this candy. Um, I won't ask you any dental questions here, but, uh, hopefully you they're do. Both have dental clear, they're both good that. still. So they're both. No, okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so at, at what point do you feel like you're going to pass the, uh, the business on to the kids and, and, do you feel like, you know, like there's any pressure there for them or is it just like, hey, they're they're you think they're excited about it? Like what conversations have you had with the kids about passing this on to the next generation? Well, kind of going back to what we discussed earlier and how like my dad was very hard on me when it came to the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there's got to be a happy medium. So uh, my oldest started working this summer. And, uh, you know, I had to talk with him and he worked in the factory. He didn't work in the store, uh, but he was more helping in production, just minimal stuff, making boxes and putting bags together. Like, you know, that kind of stuff that, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted him to do. Uh, I even had a Facebook poll put out to how I should treat him. Should I treat him like my dad treated everybody else? Cause I've got, my dad was so beloved and, people were like, you give them the Zeno, like, you know, make them go, go, like, you know, drive them that, like, don't be not like, you know, do like he did. And uh, <laughs> so I, I, I wasn't as tough on him, but like, if I saw him, like, you know, if he's doing a good enough job, I made it a point just to go yell at him for so no matter what the reason was, just to like, <laughs> and, like you know, pop up a little. Keeping the line. But I had a, I had a, uh, a talk with him when he started and I go, uh, He's a very smart kid as well. So he does very well in school and he got accepted into this academic program. And, and I, and I very, and I stress out, I don't want a professional student to come run this business. I need someone mm-hmm. who can think on their own and who likes doing what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, you know, first generation starts it, second generation's entitled, third one usually loses it or sells it. We don't know, you know, I'm not going to do that, but I don't know what the saying for fourth generation is yet. So that's, you know, uh, right. I got to Google that one. But I told him, I go, if you're going to end up doing this, you need to make sure you're the hardest working person in the room because you, this is coming from a former boss's son. I know exactly what it's like to be in your footsteps and to walk in here uh, and to have everyone judge you differently or think of you differently. Now he's still young, but like, you know, to think differently of you. And I can't tell you how many times people thought I had it easy because I was the boss's son. And I'm like, y'all have no, like, you know, no idea how hard it is to be the son of the boss. Uh, sure. You know, my family owned it, but it was tougher on me than anyone else. So, but it was very cool working because I named him after my father, Zeno, of course. So it's his name on the building. It's not Johnny's. It's not my name. Right. And I stressed to him, I go, you have got to outwork, out hustle, out 
thank everyone here because at the end of the day, it's your name on the building. And if you don't care about putting 100% into this, no one else's. I go, uh, you know, everyone will tell you, you know, I'm 46 now. Uh, and I'd like to think because of some good moves I've made, uh, lots of the different facilities and locations are kind of on autopilot. I check in and stuff like that. But he never got to see that, really. He didn't see the one that was working, you know, 40 hours by Wednesday and, you know, struggling with his mother and, you know, working the late nights and stuff. So that is something that I kind of is concerning because mm -hmm. my dad used to say this saying in Greek, uh, it translates as well as English. We'll see how good Johnny does when the belt tightens, meaning when you get hungry mm -hmm. and things are not going well, how he's right. going to be able right. to like, you know, recoup from that. And that, you know, always stuck in my mind because there's bad times are coming. And sure enough, we've lived through some bad times. We have hurricanes in Florida. We had 2008, 2007, 2008. We had COVID. Uh, so, you know, I think it's fair to, enough to say I've seen my fair share of tough times. And so having said that, uh, he's still very much interested. And in, I asked him, I go, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to help run the business. I'm like, great. Me personally, I'm never going to retire. My father never retired. He lived till 86 years old and he was still going to the gift shop every day. And he was still uh, yelling at my employees every day. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell them, you know, he's not your boss. You don't have to listen to him. Like, you know, in one ear, out the other. And, and the best part was they, I, they would do something that he told them to do. And I'd be like, why did you do that? And they go, Zeno told me, I go, he's not your boss. And they're like, well, we're not afraid of you. We're afraid of him like that. And I'm like, All right, <laughs> I go, just do, just do what he, just do what he says. Uh, but you know, Zeno's got to come in CJ as well. I've got to come in and work hard. Uh, and at the same time, what I might do is I might, uh, well, I know I'm going to do this is they're going to go work somewhere else. Uh, like in high school or college, uh, they're going to work a service industry job. My dad sent me up to Wildwood, New Jersey one summer because that area of New Jersey uh, is run by the Greeks from his hometown. So he sent me up there to show me what real work is. He goes, you're going to go work for your cousin's uh, restaurant up there uh, and you're going to learn the value. Now, I loved it because I was 17 years old in another city and like happening. Wildwood, I mean, that place yeah. is like, you know, Mecca. And but boy, did I work a lot and did I make a lot of money that summer. And it was the first time I wasn't the boss's kid and I had no one there to, I thrived because I was just treated like someone else there. And mm -hmm. I was, you know, they saw that I was a hard worker and they told my dad, you know, this kid is, he's great. Like, you know, send him next summer. But my dad didn't. He goes, all right, I'll keep you down here now. So <laughs> having that balance of what are they going to be good at? What are they going to be passionate about? You know, uh, if you asked me 20 years ago, if your son's going to bring home a report card and it's going to have seven A's and one C on it, what are you going to focus on? Everyone would always say the C. And this guy who spoke at one of those CEO roundtables I was talking to you about, uh, he said, why uh, your, your sons and daughters are going to be average and below average at lots of things in life. They're not going to be A's in everything that it is they do. So don't focus on the things they get C's on if they tried their hardest. 
What you want to focus on, the things they get A's on and that they love to do, and then triple down, you know, on that aspect of it. So that got me really thinking to whereas, you know, whatever they're passionate about, that's what I want them to do because ultimately they'll find success in doing that. Uh, and I'm hoping that it involves staying with the family business. I will stay with them on as long as they want me to, uh, but they are not inheriting or not getting anything until, you know, I'm no longer around. So, and so if something happens to me, like, you know, unexpectedly, uh, the finger should point to the two little ones first, but, uh, besides that, (laughs) we're, uh, we're going to stick around together. And, you know, I, it's so funny to me to think that, I remember being an 18-year-old and telling my dad he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to the candy business. Well, actually, you just you just led me into the question. Yeah. It's like, what lesson did you learn as you were growing up from your dad of what not to do with your kids? Yes. So basically just I involve them in the decision. So they have missed schools. They have missed days of school a couple of times because we went to go look at a new store we were going to go buy. And like, you know, we were doing the due diligence. I went in to inspect or, you know, that they, they make ice cream as well, like the existing locations that we bought. So I went to go look at anything because to me, I felt that was way more important than whatever it was they were going to be studying that day in school. Uh, it's a memory, it's a memory they're going to have of how they're going to remember, you know, they were involved in the growth process. And I asked them, what do you think of the location? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, you know, they're to them, everything is big and everything is grandiose. So they always think it's going to be the greatest thing ever. So it's trying to like, you know, I try to play devil's advocate when I speak to them in regards to, uh, what we should be doing. But the funniest thing is they still don't understand the idea of, uh, you know, you got to spend money to make money. And some of these mm. business that we purchased, like the, the, we, we, we bought this family owned uh, ice cream shops over on the West Coast, Straw Hunts. They've been in business for 20 years, very successful, very busy. Uh, but we had to pay a lot of money for them. And when I told them how much we were going to pay for them, they they like, we have that much money and you're going to spend that much <laughs> money. We, we, I go, first of all, we don't have that much money. I go, I go, I I don't have that much money. I go, I'm not going to see a penny from this from years from now. I go, you guys will benefit more from it than I will. So, uh, just trying to get them involved in the long-term process thinking of how, you know, there's gotta be something exciting for them when they take over. Me, mm-hmm. I was a little candy corner, a little, little counter, eight foot counter that had taffy and chocolates and fudge. That's all we had. And then, you know, I turned that to a store that was doing a thousand bucks a day in sales. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it grew from there. And, uh, and the growth is the exciting part for me. So my job as the owner is to get everything clicking where I don't need to be involved. Uh, because I let everyone, you know, I've had employees and coworkers that have been with me five, 10, 20 years. So I've been very lucky. I didn't lose anyone during COVID. We're probably up to like 45 employees right now between all the stores. And we, everyone wants to be responsible for something and held accountable if you let them. And I don't micromanage. Sure. Could the store be a little better or one of the stores be a little better if I was there all day, every day, like, you know, look, but I can't, I can't do it. We're, right. we have yeah, is it worth it? <laughs> you know, that, and, that little change. Yeah. And I understand, yeah. you know, uh, 
could it be 10% better if I was there every day? Yeah, it could be. And it, that 10% is the you know cost of doing business if I want to grow. Because in the grand scheme of things, the more we grow, you know, the pie gets bigger. Right. You know, I, I can see that Greg wants to talk to you about scale scalability. But I Greg, do. I do. you can't just yet because we're going to take a quick commercial. When we come <laughs> back, we're going to let you talk about that and ask your question. But uh, we'll, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more. DIY for business. Welcome back to DIY for business. Russ and Greg here with you. We are lucky enough to be joined by John Luisas, the owner of Zeno's Boardwalk Sweet Shop and ice cream and I mean you got a conglomerate growing over there <laughs> on the east coast and you know we we're talking about you know so far starting on that little eight foot counter that you know was basically second generation when you kind of got into it being third generation and you grown it into something much larger and you know this is kind of the dream of a lot of business owners that listen to this show is like how do I take my one location and scale it up and grow it to the, you know, to be something bigger, right? Whatever that bigger is, be something bigger. And I'm just curious, like, what were the steps that you did? And what were kind of the points that, you know, the decision points where you said, okay, it's time to take it to a second location, or it's time to go online and take online orders and start shipping stuff. Like, walk us through that process. Sure. So I could tell you the main reason growth was ever considered was in 2004 florida got hit by three hurricanes back to back to back Mm. and it was you know being an ice cream business as well and not having a lot of money back then uh to see all that and not having really the right insurance for what you needed for spoilage and those kind of things back then it got me thinking that hey this little great store could possibly not be here one day if something just comes and destroys the whole building itself. So that's what got me thinking, you know, you need to think consider different avenues. And that's kind of when we started looking for other stores and uh, maybe focusing a little on wholesale as well. Uh, our kitchen at the Boardwalk location is a 15 by 10. Uh, but we cranked a lot of candy out of that little kitchen. <laughs> uh, you know, I, was a, I was a one man production crew. Uh, my wife ran the front of the house and we were just all, one of those awesome teams. We still work together every day. We're one of those rare, you know, teams that work very well together. So she was, Christina was valedictorian, uh, went to school with Ron DeSantis. Like, you know, so she's like uh, uh, a brainiac, full ride to law school. Like, you know, so I've got, and she's tough. Christina's tough. I am a little too nice to everybody. <laughs> Everyone's a little afraid of Christina, but no one's afraid of me. So, like, you know, you're kind of getting the gist of, like, you know, I'm just a, a big teddy bear. But as for – so that's what caused the growth. So that's what made us think, you know, hey, let's do something else because of the fear that something could possibly happen to that one store. I'm a creature of habit. My father was a creature of habit. I don't like change. I'm very risk adverse. Uh, so unless you can guarantee me something, I really never do it. Now I'm a little older. Now I have a little more in the bank. Now I'm a little more risky because it's there's small risks. There's nothing. I'm not swinging for home runs, just trying to get singles here and there. But as for how to grow and 
if you were to call us successful, why are we successful? Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I've played sports my whole life. I was in a rock band. I've been part of, you know, uh, organizations and groups and fundraisers and all that other kind of stuff. I'm very good at putting teams together. When I was in my band, I was in the wor- I was the worst musician. So I knew if I was the worst musician in the band, we were a very good band. When I got <laughs> older, we 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 put the sports teams together, the adult leagues, and the you know the the teams in high school and stuff. I always was the worst starter on the team, and if I was the worst starter on the team, that means we had a very good team. So I was always trying to be the worst one in the group because I wanted to succeed. And I think if you knew any, I have an ego in terms of I want to be successful and I want to do well, but I don't care if I'm the best one on the team. I just want the win. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to win. And I think everyone that works with me, they, they see that. And if you have a better idea than what I'm doing, I will listen and I will change it immediately. I have no ego when it comes to that. So ultimately, uh, the, the key to success for me is just building yourself a great team. And the one thing they don't really teach you in business school, or at least they didn't when I was there, is, boy, who you marry, is that the biggest decision in your life or what? Because uh, Christina has been the driving force in all of my success. Now, she worries about every little minute detail and, like, you know, really task-oriented and wants to get things done today. Uh, a little too much. So if you ask me, whereas I don't worry about that stuff, I try to, <laughs> calm her down. I try to calm her down. Uh, but when it comes to the big scale stuff, the COVIDs, uh, the hurricanes, those kinds of stuff, that's when I panic and she's my calming force then, uh, nice. when we come to that. So you're pick, And then of course we, I do business with her brother Her brother and I run the stores together and he's been amazing. Like, you know, I'm just so I, I hit the lottery when it comes to surrounding myself with the right people. And ultimately, at the end of the day, like I said, we have people have been with us for 20 years. And it's and my dad and mom had employees with them for 30, 40 plus years. So uh, at the end of the day, it's who you surround yourself with. Uh, you know, they help you get to where you want to go. And at the same time, when we have success in a new project or a new store, once that project is making money, I then take a percentage of what I bring in from that new project and I split it to the people that are at the older ones. So as we're growing, I kind of oh, nice. like, you know, I take 10% or whatever I make and then I split it amongst whoever is. So now they don't really read, but they have kind of like a stock in the business and like, you know, they're excited. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think before they'd be like, Oh, we got to make more candy. Now it's like, Oh my goodness, we're making so much more candy. Like, you know, so it's, right. uh, it's like a pyramid scheme, kind of. I don't know. Like, you know like, <laughs> well, everybody's benefiting from the growth, it's just, right? It's not it's just going right. into your pocket. Everybody's benefiting, it, you know, all the way down mm-hmm. the line of the company. I think that's yeah, what I really try to share that loyalty. I love sharing the pie when the pie gets bigger. You know, I'm a, a man of very little means. I drive an eight-year-old pickup truck. I dress like every other person, I think. I, I wear Zeno's hats all the time. But... Uh, <laughs> He, but I, I, you know, I make my living off the boardwalk store. Everything else is, you know, just uh, gravy. And like, you know, it's fun to grow when you have so many people to share with. And right. uh, and a lot of them have been my friends for a very long time. So it's not like, uh, you know, they're, 
you know, I hate to use that term, but they're family. Like, you know, they're, I know everything about them. They know everything about me. Uh, and just very, you know, just been very, very lucky, very lucky, like, you know, lucky at the right place, right time. And, uh, someone, someone called me an expert the other day and I go, I, I'm the furthest thing from an expert. I am just someone that has failed so many times. I just managed to succeed <laughs> one more time than I failed. So, it's, uh, uh, but, but it's just been the team. It's the team, the team, the team, loving what you do, having passion about it. If I didn't like making candy, I would have been out years ago. Right. Uh, but I, I, I love it and I love the creativity. I love doing the new things and I love the challenges of growth. So that's what, what keeps me going every night. All right. We've, we've, we've talked about the business of candy. Now we got to talk about the candy. If, if, if somebody like what, what's the candy that they can order online if they head over to the website, which is a world world's most famous taffy.com, what can they order? How do they get it? What's the next steps there, man? Sure. <laughs> so up. <laughs> yeah, if you visit us at world's most famous taffy.com, we've got all our taffy flavors there. We have 101 flavors of taffy, which I believe is like the most in the world. If it's oh, the wow. most in the US, so I assume it's the most in the world. And then, uh, you know, we also make a product called a Busta Bear, which is basically a, a, a chew filled with a gummy center. And it's fantastic. It's like brand new. We just came up with it this oh, year. Man. And, you know, taffy for the most part, and I'm very aware of this, has a stigma against it for being very hard. And like, you know, everyone remembers the taffy they would get yeah. at Halloween, that orange or black. And, yeah. and I think all other taffy, for the most part, is like that. Ours is not that. Ours is very soft and chewy and flavorful. Now, I would like to think I'm not being biased by saying that because we make ice cream, we make chocolates, we make fudge. I've had great ice cream everywhere. I think ice cream is one of those things. There's no such thing as bad ice creams. And I've had great <laughs> chocolates elsewhere. I've had great fudge elsewhere. So I know it's not me being, you know, my stuff is the best. No, there's lots of other great ice cream companies, fudge companies, chocolate companies. I, I love them. Like, you know, I'm like you, when I go on my road trips or when I go on my vacations, we plan it around where the great food farms yep. are. Yep. Totally. Uh, you know, so, uh, so, but taffy, no one's ever had taffy like this. And when people come in the store, you know, they're greeted and they ask to take a sample. Uh, and people that don't like taffy, we tell them, okay, well, just put it in your pot, grab any flavor, put it in your pocket, eat it later or throw it away. Like, you know, don't worry about it. And I'd say six out of 10 of those people that never liked taffy before that take the taffy with them leave come back later on and go you know what i tried that one that you nice. gave me <laughs> and uh that's cool yeah so it's world's most famous taffy.com try the busta bears i think those are awesome uh and then you know you can get up to so we can get up to 12 flavors per pound so there's a lot of different combinations but uh that's pretty much the way to do it with All over a right. hundred flavors of taffy, you will yes, not sir. get tired, people. Go to exactly. the website, start ordering, <laughs> try them all. I encourage everybody, try them all. I can't wait to try them myself. Awesome. <laughs> all right, John, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks so much, John. Take it easy. <laughs> And thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. The subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based, and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I want your business to succeed, and we are happy to take your questions. We would love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. 
it, it's a great thing. Like you just let us know if there's something that you want to know more about. Yeah, we can make an entire episode around it. Get your questions answered right here on DIY for Business. You can reach out to us by visiting us on our website at DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. The link is in the podcast description. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Hi, I'm Gina Ann, your tour guide to Adventures to Wisdom podcast. What if you could get answers to your deepest questions, reawaken your sense of purpose, and enhance your zest for connections and play? This is what we do on Adventures to Wisdom podcast with real people, and we're inviting you to come with us. We bring you unscripted, raw, inspirational stories, ideas, and intuitive insights. Electric Acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.